Are you looking to optimize your mindset and lifestyle for success? In today's business world, you're in the right place. This is where you get to build your freedom through promoting through Facebook and selling on Amazon. Welcome to Actualize Freedom with your hosts, Wilson and Danny. This is Actualized Freedom, the no bullshit podcast for hacking your freedom through selling on Amazon and lifestyle optimization. My name is Danny Carlson. And my name is Wilson Lee. Today we are actually going to be sharing with you some nuggets on post-launch monitoring. So what does post-launch monitoring mean, Danny? Uh, so basically, after you launch your product on Amazon, the product launch is one thing in itself, right? You want to gain that search volume to actually get the keyword ranking to show up on the search results on Amazon. But there's also a whole set of things that you have to do after the launch just to make sure that everything is going good, tweak it and refine it. Um, you know, I wish it was as easy as just launching your product and then letting it be, but this episode is gonna be all about that. So we're talking about keyword rank monitoring um, and how to use that information to actually tweak your listing going forward, dealing with negative reviews, um, and when you should do a second launch if your first launch is not performing well, uh, when the point to do that is. And then the lifestyle optimization topic we're going to be talking about is stand-up desks, which, um, funny enough, I'm sitting at my stand-up desk right now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that we're going to be doing that episode at the moment. A lot of people actually talk about the launch formula and everyone really cares about the launch. And I actually think that post-launch monitoring is equally as important, if not more important, because this is where you're able to optimize your listing. This is where you're able to see the numbers. This is where you're able to make the changes that really make a difference. Would you not say so? Oh, absolutely. It's basically when you launch, you have the theory. It's like, okay, I'm gonna launch with this listing, optimize for these keywords, um, and hopefully I'm gonna rank on these search results for the main keywords, but maybe that's not gonna work. And so you have to tweak, you have to change your strategy a little bit. Uh, maybe some other keywords that you didn't think are gonna work as well are actually your best ones, and now you have to change your listing to go after that. Um, so let's, talk, let's dive right into the keyword rank monitoring here. So it's important to make sure the rankings for your main keywords are maintained, um, or else you're not gonna have the organic sales, right? So let's say that your product is grill brush, then your, your main keyword for that product is probably gonna be grill brush. Like brush would be too, too broad, it'd be something else. Um, and like barbecue grill brush is maybe a little bit too specific. So your main keyword is what you should be focusing on here. And if you're not tracking that on a regular basis and you don't really know if you're making progress or not, you can be making all these tweaks to your listing. Um, and if you don't, if you're not tracking your rank monitoring, then you have no idea if that's doing you more harm than it is good. So super, super important. I like to use a software. Um, Celix is really good for this. Um, AMZ tracker. Uh, is really good as well, but Celix I prefer because it has um, an actual graph. You can see over time, you have like a list of a bunch of different search phrases, keywords that you're monitoring, and then it'll show over time if they're going up or down, and you can even make little notes on certain dates. You're like, okay, on this date, I um, change the title to say this. I don't necessarily recommend changing the title very often or lightly, but um, let's just in this example, I change it on this date. And then you can see over the course of the next few weeks, oh, that actually gave me a really big spike in keyword ranking for that particular keyword. Um, so it's all about tracking, tracking your progress and then using that data to make decisions about how you're actually gonna change your listing. Can you give us an example of when does like a main keyword actually changes and does it even change at all? If you... 
um, a main keyword. So, um, so basically, uh, what's a good example here? So let's say that you think that your main keyword is grill brush, mm -hmm. but your product is actually a little bit more specific. So your product is like, so let's say it's a grill brush that also has an electronic fan attached to it so that it's, you know, it's keeping it cool while you're grilling your barbecue. I, that's a terrible, terrible product idea. Please don't actually do that. But <laughs> uh, that would be a little bit more specific. So if you're trying to rank for grill brush as your main keyword, maybe not everyone who wants a grill brush actually cares about that. So your main keyword might be something totally different. And it's not until after the launch that you're starting to see, oh, hey, like actually a lot of my sales are coming through this keyword. Um, and so it makes sense for me to change the focus onto that being my main keyword would totally, be um, totally. and I grill think brush I, with fan. Mm -hmm. So stupid. I can't believe I just came up with that idea. That's stupid. No. <laughs> that <was> stupid. <laughs> no, but I, I, I do know what you mean because a lot of times we're thinking that it would be a great idea for us to rank for this really competitive main keyword. Um, and at the end of the day, that might not be the keyword that would convert for you because it's getting like, like tens of thousands of searches each month. So if you're running PPC campaign to it, it's not going to convert. It's way too competitive and people are searching for way more other stuff than your titanium um, grilled um, barbecue brush or whatever the case may be with a fan. Right? So, I mean, if that's your product, you need to understand to really fine tune what are the keywords that actually matter for you? What are the people that really are looking for the specific product? What are they typing? What are they searching? That itself is your keyword. Um, so it's, it takes time to fine tune. It takes time to test and it takes time to see results on what is actually performing for you to be able to understand, Hey, this is now my keyword, right? You can have multiple uh, main keywords with different variations and whatnot, but at the end of the day, it takes time for us to find out. Oh, absolutely. And that segues really nicely into how to figure out when to do a second launch or not. So, um, let's say that you did a launch for your main keyword grill brush. It's really not sticking because yours is grill brush with a fan, right? Your customers are searching more for grill brush with a fan. It's not really resonating with the people who are typing in grill brush too much. So maybe now would be the time to do a second launch. Now that you know that grill brush with fan is actually your main keyword, then you can do a second launch targeting that keyword. And, and this is really important guys. There's numerous ways like storefront URLs, super URL variations and stuff like that. Um, this is constantly changing on Amazon all the time. So make sure that you're not using um, some old outdated type of URL to, to launch your product or it can actually do you more harm than good. So spend some time around Facebook groups, um, stay updated, listen to a lot of podcasts like this for the latest information, the latest type of URL you can use to target a specific keyword in your launch. Okay, so you mentioned a, a bunch of different um, really big jargon, super URL, and, and so on and so forth. And I think uh, some of the, for our listeners who don't understand what is the concept of super URL, can you explain and just give us like a, a one minute just of what are super URLs? And totally. So I mentioned super URL, storefront URL. Um, they're all based off the same concept. So basically you have amazon.com slash. And then after that, um, if you're on, if you're on any page, um, let's say that you search for grill brush and then you click on a product you'll notice that Amazon will include grill brush, like your actual search term in the, in the URL. So it'll say grill brush plus like the ASIN number plus a whole bunch of other random stuff. So Amazon uses the URL as a way to track where that 
that click is actually coming from. So the theory with the super URL is if you actually add the keyword that you're targeting into the URL, um, every person who clicks on that, it tricks Amazon into thinking that the customer searched for that keyword and then purchased your product. So that gains you keyword ranking because if a customer searches for your target keyword, let's say grill brush, and then they buy their product, then they attribute keyword ranking to that keyword grill brush. A majority of the time, like that's, that's precisely what it is. A majority of time of how this is applied is through um, driving external traffic to your listing. We're not talking about people who are actually searching on Amazon um, and then that you would teach them or tell them to like, hey, you know what, change the link here um, and make it a super arrow. No, 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 no. We're talking about either running Facebook ads, your own email list, or whatever the case may be that people can click on the link. It's like, hey, you know what, buy now before it runs out or just back in stock, click on this link. And then that link would run them to that super URL. So then it would trick Amazon into thinking that people actually were searching on Amazon for that specific keyword and in turn was able to have sales. And if you combine sales velocity with people searching for that specific keyword, it just gives them more credit. And as they get more credit, it goes up higher in the ranking. Um, and that's exactly how it works. Now, in terms of like uh, diving deeper on how do you utilize super URL at this point, that is um, uh, going, um, uh, that is working with uh, Amazon TOS. I think that requires another whole new episode altogether because you know they're constantly changing their TOS. And and I mean, at this point, I don't think we should dive too much in depth about this. Yeah, um, it, it's something that's very technical. And like you said, it changes so often. Um, and it, it changes so often that I don't feel comfortable just telling you, yes, do this type of URL because, mm -hmm. you know, two weeks from now or a month from now, that might actually hurt your ranking more than anything else. So make sure that when you're doing your product launch, when the time actually comes, um, talk with the company that you're using, like Viral Launch or Market Hustle or one of these promotion companies. Um, consult with them what is the current URL they're using and then cross-reference that with what you've been learning in Facebook groups, talking with other Amazon sellers, what you've been learning in courses, what you've been learning on podcasts. Um, so super important they stay on top of that. Totally. Okay, and now there is another part of this that is super, super important. It's a good time to transition into dealing with negative reviews because after your launch, um, one of the biggest struggles is actually getting enough reviews to be competitive with your competitors. And if your first couple reviews are negative, that can literally be the death sentence because let's, let's assume that you have only 10 reviews and you have a couple two-star or one-star reviews out of those 10, your average star rating is going to be horrendous and it's going to look, it's going to look like it's a crap product, right? So especially in the beginning, monitoring your reviews and trying to um, make the negative reviews that pop up go away by helping out customers is super, super important. Totally. Uh, I, you know what, there's, it's so frustrating when you get negative reviews on products that you don't even, don't, it's not even yours. You're not even selling the product and someone hijacked your listing and someone leaves a negative review because based on that person's product, like it's, it's, it's such a shitty feeling because like, what can you do at this point? Yeah, there's a few, a few good tactics to actually get rid of it. And really big companies do this too. Even companies um, that have thousands of reviews, um, Anchor, I believe they're the number five seller on Amazon or something like that. They do a bunch of cell phone products and battery packs and stuff like that. Um, one thing they commonly do with people who leave negative reviews is they'll have a customer support rep reach out to them and they'll offer them for free 
um, the top of the line model of whatever product they were doing. So um, you see quite commonly, someone leaves a negative review about one of their battery packs, but it's like one of their cheaper battery packs. The customer support rep will just reach out to them and say, hey, do you want our you know, $120 battery pack that's like way better than the one you purchased for free? Mm -hmm. um, and the customers are so blown away by that that a lot of the time they'll go back and they'll change, they'll change it from a one star to a five star or at least from a one to a three. Um, or if they won't change the star rating, they'll at least edit the review and say, oh, update from the company. The company reached out to me and they gave me, you know, top of line, amazing battery pack. Like I'm really impressed with their customer support. So that really gets rid of a lot of the weight of that review. When a customer is reading that negative review, um, they see all oh, two stars, but then they see, oh, the company actually reached out and they, they made it okay. Um, so they feel comfortable that it's not going to happen to them. Totally. I think that's exactly what it is. Now, in terms of reaching out to people who are giving you negative reviews, how would you recommend to our, our listeners um, the ways to actually reach out to them? Because um, Amazon doesn't give you their emails. Yeah, I mean, you can reply to their review publicly. That's another good thing to do anyways. Even if you can't actually get a hold of the person, um, definitely reply to the review in the, in the review section because other people will see your review and your response. Um, and it, it's important to show that you are at least trying to reach out to that customer. You're trying to make it right, even if you don't actually get a hold of them. Uh, now, there are other sneakier ways to you know, identify who the reviewer is Sometimes, um, again, that's the thing that Amazon doesn't really like. There's ways pop up here and there that work for a while, and then the software gets shut down. That doesn't work. Um, but if you do want to be sneaky, just do a Google search for um, how to find software for finding your Amazon reviewers. You'll, you'll be able to find something. Okay, gotcha. So there are ways around it. Yeah, there are ways around it. Um, just be aware that it is technically frowned upon by Amazon to reach out to customers um, in, in ways that they explicitly um, aren't able to. Because a lot of the time, the Amazon customer has actually blacklisted themselves from the emails. So mm -hmm. something that happened like six months ago is that Amazon customers can opt out of receiving any emails from sellers that aren't directly related to the order. Yeah. Um, so in this case, they wouldn't actually receive your messages when you're you're reaching out to them through, you know, Feedback Genius or the actual Amazon uh, follow-up sequence system within Amazon's own email system. Um, you technically can still send them a message if it is directly related to the order, like a shipping update or, you know, something going wrong with their order. But this would definitely fall outside of that. So if you get caught um, contacting a bunch of customers under the guise of it being an order issue when you're really trying to get them to remove their one-star review or something like that, then Amazon, um, yeah, I would, I would stay clear of doing that. Just be very cautious when, when you're doing this, right? And totally. Yeah, so I mean, like, with us just hustling, like, so many hours on a daily basis, what are some of the hacks and tips that you have for us in terms of, like, you know, still keeping up with our shape and, and, and our body and our health? Yeah, well, I mean, you and I are both just like super, super built studs. So, um, you know, look, look at these. <laughs> see that? See that massive bicep right there? <laughs> I do it all with something called a stand-up desk. That is my secret to being this cut and built. No, I'm just messing with you guys. But seriously, stand-up desks, um, I wouldn't be able to work such long hours and work so hard if I was sitting down all day. I've gone through long periods of where I would just work eight, 10, 12 hour days and sitting, I'd be sitting down for at least 
nine or 10 of those hours and it really drains your body. Like there's a lot of science coming out now that's saying that sitting is like the new smoking. It, it stops the blood flow in your body a whole lot more. Um, so like less blood is actually getting to your brain. It's, it puts weird bends in your body that will put more strain on your back. Like gravity is actually pulling at your back and your different muscles in, in different ways. Um, and it just keeps your energy going through the day a lot more. Just, you know, you don't have to be standing up the entire time. You should have one that goes up and down. Um, but I try to be standing at least a 65, 70% of the day, I'd say. Wow. I, I've yet to have a sign-up desk, and it's something that I always hear people that do, high performers and high achievers, and it's something that I should definitely look into. Oh, totally. Yeah. And one thing I really like to do is I put on some music and you can kind of just like dance around to the music. You still got your hands on your keyboard and your mouse, but you just be like bumping out in the zone and dancing around instead of sitting there with your back all hunched over like, oh, like I'm almost done this. I can't wait until lunch break. Like it seriously makes a huge difference on your mood and your productivity. Uh, and one, one really interesting stat that I found was um, sitting six or more hours a day at your desk increases the risk of death within 15 years by up to 40 percent that's one of the that's one of the stats that's being thrown around by the anti anti-sitting <laughs> party out there um so it's something to think about though seriously wow 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 that's very very that's some crazy stats right there wow so okay so the end of this um, episode let's uh let's look at the action steps what are the action steps for post-launch um monitoring Okay, so first, guys, sign up for some rank tracking software. Um, try out some free trials of them first, uh, but I would, I would recommend not signing up for more than, more than two because it's an endless rabbit hole just trying to find the best Amazon software. There's always something new. There's always a shiny new software with one extra little feature. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm telling you right now, it is not worth that one shiny little extra new feature to spend uh, you know, four hours comparing the softwares and switching over. Just find one that works and do it. So I personally recommend Celix for this. Um, you can go to actualizefreedom.com slash Celix um, to, find, to find out more about that one. Uh, monitor your listings daily after the launch. Respond to the negative reviews as soon as possible. Um, try to get a hold of the customers with the, like how we mentioned. Respond to it as a comment publicly, trying to be as helpful as possible. And just bite the bullet. Offer them a brand new product. Offer them whatever, full refund. Full refund plus a brand new product. Um, it may it may sound like it's uh, expensive, but it is. Believe me, it is way more expensive to have a one star review sitting there for any period of time than it is to just pay the the twenty bucks, the thirty dollar loss, or whatever it is, and get rid of that negative review. Um, decide whether or not you need to do a second launch, whether you need another keyword that you want to target in a second launch, or if you want to do another launch for your main keyword. It just needs a little bit of extra juice to maybe get up to page one or get from you know, the bottom of page one up to mid page one or whatever you're trying to do. Um, and then for stand-up desk, I'd recommend before you go buy a stand-up desk, try to make your own mock stand-up desk. You can just find a box and like stick it on top of your current desk and uh, prop up your laptop on there. You can go, there's some cool cardboard things. Um, one thing I saw a buddy at a co-working space there, he had this fold out cardboard stand-up desk. You know, it costs him almost no money and he could just like, pull it out of the side and just unfold it. And there's his little stand-up desk. So see if it's for you. If you like it, definitely worth the investment. Um, here in Canada, you can buy one from Ikea for um, $280 or something like that. That'll crank up and down. And 
you know, like I said earlier, that could actually, um, that could decrease your risk of death by 40% over the <laughs> next 15 years. So it's, it's <laughs> worth it in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So guys, show notes can be found at actualizefreedom.com slash 14. Um, if you guys like this, if you guys want any resources, if you guys want us to dive in deeper in any kind of topic, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. That's the only motivation for us to actually create these episodes, to bring you value, to share with you guys what works, what doesn't work. That is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on this episode, guys. Take action. Um, let us know if you have any questions. Go into the Amazon Value Library Facebook group. And Wilson and I are in there answering questions every day. Um, let us know what you think of this podcast. And uh, another shameless plug, just subscribe, 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 <laughs> subscribe, do it. Just do it. <laughs> have an awesome day. I'll see you guys next week. Cheers. This podcast is sponsored by Kenji ROI, obsessively optimized copywriting, product photography, videos, and PPC for a highly cohesive feel and high conversion rate. Avoid expensive miscommunication with freelancers who don't understand Amazon. Kenji ROI's team has produced over 600 Amazon listings responsible for multi-millions in annual sales for their clients. Clients know they're covered with Kenji's guarantees. After work has been delivered, their experts help you resolve any potential issues or concerns to an extreme level. If you're still not happy, you'll get a full refund. What kind of crazy guy makes a guarantee like that? Listeners of the Actualized Freedom Podcast get a 10% discount for life on all Kenji ROI listing creation services, but only for the first 50 claims. Type in go.kenjiroi.com AF. Pause this podcast right now and claim your code. Like I said, once 50 are claimed, they're gone forever. So go now to go.kenjiroi.com slash AF. That's go.kenjiroi.com slash AF to get your code now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Actualize Freedom with Wilson and Danny online at actualizefreedom.com. If you liked today's episode, please review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time.